This is In the Zone, your home for Salina Sports Talk. High school sports, Kansas Wesleyan and Bethany, KU, K-State, and Wichita State. Wait, is there anything these guys don't cover? You're in the zone. This is In the Zone on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL and Crystal Clear on the FM dial 106.7 with Jackson Schneider. I'm James Westling. Glad to have you with us for a Tuesday edition coming up on tonight's program. We are going to continue to talk Big 12 football because uh, a big breaking story happened overnight in regards to the Big 12 and possible expansion and maybe a merger with the Pac-12. But before that, I want to tell you that we're going to have uh, Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, on the program a little bit later on. And then we will also have on tomorrow's show uh, Adrian Martinez, the K-State quarterback, and potentially Eli Huggins, one of the top K-State defensive linemen. And Jackson, help me out here. I need an assist because I feel like I'm forgetting something else that we have coming up. I, I feel like I'm forgetting things all the time. We have so much that we put together recently that there it's kind of hard to keep it all straight. But I think I think that's I think that's everything for at least tomorrow. Is it Adrian Mart or did we talk about everything? <laughs> I can't even did, remember. I can't. Did you? I legitimately can't even keep it straight. So we've got Wyatt Thompson tonight. Tomorrow we've got Adrian Martinez and Eli Huggins. Those yes. are the three that I mentioned. Um, yeah, so, I think that's everything. Is there something that even I don't know about? No, no. I think that's it. That sounds good. We'll go with that. You're freaking me out. No, no. I I thought I <laughs> I legit thought I forgot somebody else on tonight's show, but I don't think I did. So we're off to a roaring start tonight for a Tuesday edition. Uh, I'm excited to play the interview that we had with Adrian Martinez on tomorrow's program, the new K-State quarterback, because I was simply blown away by him when we spoke to him, just his maturity and his uh, leadership skills. He just, he screamed natural leader to me. And I'm going to guess that he's already won over the team in a lot of ways. And um, last night, coincidentally enough I had a buddy that sent me a link and it was the no huddle version are you familiar with the no huddle version of college football games where you can watch like an entire three and a half hour college football replay in about 30 or 45 minutes I am very familiar with that in fact it's it used to be like officially football season when Fox Sports when it still existed like the regional ones they would have a day of the week for like two weeks straight where they'd pick a Big 12 school and play their entire season all day long in those no-huddle versions. So if you wanted to, you could sit down at like 8 a.m. until like 9 o'clock at night and watch a team's entire season. And so I would watch those quite regularly when I was in like high school. And I wish that that was still a thing now. If it is, I need somebody to direct me to it because I'd watch it constantly. But I'm a huge fan of that. In fact, I actually watched a version of that for the 2003 Big 12 Championship the other day because I saw a Twitter debate uh, talking about Darren Sproles at K-State versus Brees Hall and and their comparable careers at at each school. But it, it made me curious to go back and watch that game. So I kind of found a no-huddle version of it, and, and that was just a couple days ago. So the bottom line is you are very tuned in to the no-huddle oh world. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes, sorry. Was that not 
clear enough? No, very clear. Yes. I love it. So my buddy sent me a link to the Nebraska-Oklahoma football game from last year and said, hey, have a look at Adrian Martinez. I was really impressed. And I've watched about half of it. I didn't watch the full 45 minutes, but I spent some time last night kind of breaking down Adrian Martinez. And I reminded my friend of what you brought up a couple of months ago when we were talking about Nebraska and everything wrong with the Cornhuskers program, and that is they had one of the worst offensive lines in college football last year. And it was 110% apparent in their early season game, which they almost won, by the way, at Oklahoma, that Adrian Martinez was leaps and bounds better, way too good for the offensive line that he had protecting him because he was scrambling for his life, still making plays, and single-handedly almost willed Nebraska to an upset win over Oklahoma. They were down by less than a touchdown at halftime. It was a one-score game when it was all said and done. Their kicker missed two field goals uh, from 40 to 50 yards in the first half that really could have swung momentum. Nebraska had their chances, and I was just in shock and in pure amazement of how bad Nebraska's offensive line was last year. And I thought that Adrian Martinez, all things considered, was pretty cool and calm and collected. He's a much better athlete than I realized. You know, I knew what he looked like on paper. I've read all about him. But I hadn't watched a a ton of him in-depthly, and I did that last night in this no-huddle version of their game against a pretty good team in Oklahoma. And bottom line is, I was really impressed, and I I think he's going to be a really great fit for K-State because K-State typically has a pretty strong offensive line, and they've got one of the best offensive guards in Cooper Beebe in not only the Big 12 but the entire country. I'm going to have to have you send me a link to that to that uh, film. I'm going to have to watch it because, to be honest with you, I've watched Adrian Martinez at Nebraska a couple of times. Uh, last year, especially with their early season games, like against Illinois and and I watched their Michigan game last year, but I I need a refresher. So send me that. I want to watch it, but I I do. I feel like he's going to grow not only as a, as a player, but as a person and as a leader. And I felt like that was really apparent in our discussion with him that we'll play again tomorrow on the show. He he's been through a lot. And I know, I know quarterbacks are under the microscope, um, immensely more than really any other college football player or football player in general at any level. But he kind of owned that. He, he talked about how he himself has areas to improve, but he felt like a change of scenery is often good. And it, it just seemed like he was ready to get out of that uh, away from the fire that was Nebraska and the, and the the scrutiny of that fan base and their team's scr- struggles recently. I mean, he just wanted to try a different scenario, a different setting. And I think with everything that he was still capable of doing at Nebraska, with like like you mentioned, James, a much better offensive line at K-State and, and a lot of less pressure to, to run the ball and create offense because he's got guys like Deuce Vaughn who's getting national attention. I mean, he, he's going to gonna have so much less pressure. I think we're going to see a rejuvenated, healthy, exciting Adrian Martinez that's really going to help push K-State to the next Only level. Only at Vanguard. You're more Me than and just you both. A- Sorry about that. I clicked on an ad. I think that went over the air. Uh, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the big story overnight was uh, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 
there talks about a potential merger officially ended last night. They had been in deep discussions extensively over the past two weeks, and officials from the Big 12 told Pac-12 officials uh, late last night that they are no longer interested in exploring the partnership. So the Big 12 bowed out. Uh, Big 12 and Pac-12 will not merge. But what does that mean in terms of the Big 12 poaching some of the Pac-12 schools? We'll break it all down after this commercial break. This is In the Zone on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL. Welcome back to In the Zone on Sports Radio 1150 and 106.7. In just a moment, we're talking Big 12, Pac-12, and the fact that their talks officially ended last night. It was the Big 12 telling the Pac-12 that, hey, we're no longer interested in discussing a full-on league merger. But first, In the Zone is brought to you by Jackson. Hometown outdoor power. That was a great handoff. You're like Rajon Rondo with these assists. (laughs) Just like hometown outdoor power can assist you in making sure your mowers are ready for your next big mowing task. With the rain and the weather that we've had, I'm sure most people, uh, their mowers have been through the ringer this summer already. But give them a call or visit them today at hometownoutdoorpower.com to set up your appointment uh, again, for mowing service and much, much more, that's Hometown Outdoor Power in McPherson, Salina, and Minneapolis. So the Big 12 and the Pac-12 were in deep discussions of a merger last week, and it sounds like, according to ESPN.com, that the Big 12 kind of molded all over over the weekend and basically came back Monday and said, you know, we just we aren't really interested in a full merger. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the Big 12 all of a sudden is in a really good spot when it comes to their TV media rights deal because ESPN isn't the only bidder and isn't the only option. And it sounds like for the Pac-12, ESPN is their only option moving forward. Uh, Fox, CBS, NBC have all indicated that they don't have any interest in grabbing the Pac-12, especially due to the current uncertainty surrounding the future of the conference. But the Big 12 is in really good shape. The Big 12 added four really strong markets, four really strong fan bases, and four perennial powers in various sports after losing Oklahoma and Texas. So now, all of a sudden, according to reports, the Big 12 will have, obviously, ESPN interested in continuing their TV media rights agreement, which will be renegotiated in 2024, which is only a couple of years away. That's going to come quicker than you might realize. But also, CBS is going to be a major player. And the latest network is NBC. NBC has Notre Dame, but NBC is looking for a conference to pair with Notre Dame for some morning kickoffs, some night kickoffs, basically wherever Notre Dame isn't playing, uh, they want to slide in another league. And it sounds like they're very interested in the Big 12 based off these new markets that the Big 12 is going to be tapping into. So this is a long way of saying that the Big 12 thinks they can nab maybe two to four current Pac-12 members and expand if they so choose uh, to do so. And it sounds like, Jackson, correct me if I'm wrong, but the latest that I'm reading about is that it's going to be Colorado and Arizona, the first two to get invites, and then maybe Utah, maybe Arizona State. I think it's going to be a wait-and-see approach with Oregon and Washington, but it does sound like the Big 12, if they're going to expand, will will kind of start their focus on Colorado and Arizona. 
I'm not sure if their focus right now will be on expansion, but these talks with this merger certainly elevated the the thought that that was a realistic possibility. Because in in talking with the Pac-12 and trying to find a way to either merge or, or figure out some sort of agreement that they both could mutually benefit, they didn't find anything. There was no real scenario where both conferences would benefit greatly. So the Big 12, with their newfound stability and these new members that you just mentioned, they feel much better about their situation. And, and now with these discussions with potentially NBC about pairing them or or paralleling them with Notre Dame, because it doesn't look like it would be much of a, a scheduling agreement, like they wouldn't play, but it would just be supplementing NBC's sports coverage of Notre Dame, which is already a massive, massive deal in terms of money and the following. I think Notre Dame this year is set to make around $23 million just from NBC. But NBC wants more. They want something to to supplement that. And, and the other thing that the Big 12 now has is multiple time zones. And you may not think that that really matters. But when you think about it, you can stagger games and have different kickoff times, and you can use the the now mountain time zone potentially to add BYU, or even if they did end up adding these, these four corner schools that we've talked about, James, it gives the Big 12 more flexibility with kickoff times and, and game starts and TV slots, and that makes them more desirable in addition to already all those good markets and the good teams and, and already – the entertaining football product that's out there. It's just a multifaceted thing that the NBC and big 12 football is, is seeming to be a pretty solid match here. Um, but the one thing that's kind of keeping the pac 12 afloat and the reason that ESPN is still kind of honing in on the pac 12 is because of the time zone situation, because rightfully so the, ESPN networks care a lot about the viewership on the East Coast because of the high population, but they need those West Coast late night kickoffs because they do get eyeballs and people that are crazy football fans like you and me will stay up till one, two in the morning on the East Coast and watch the late games that start at 8 p.m. Pacific time. So there's all these different moving parts, but all that said, the Big 12 leaves these discussions with the Pac-12 feeling much, much better about themselves now than maybe they did even a week or two ago. And it could open the door, like you said, to potentially poaching some Pac-12 teams. It just feels like to me this new Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, who I, I think is just a, a beast. He just has a really... <laughs> He's got a cool factor about him. You know, the fact that he was like Jay-Z's right-hand man, he basically built the Brooklyn Nets from nothing because they were a dismal franchise when he took over. Uh, he's been running the Barclays Center, which has just absolutely exploded. It just has a major cool factor about him. And everything I heard from Big 12 Media Days, I just like the guy more and more. What I'm getting to is he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's just going to sit around and do nothing. I really, really believe, and I know this is kind of dead week because it's the MLB All-Star Game, the Royals aren't in action, you know, uh, we had Big 12 Media Days, today's been SEC Media Days, which has kind of been fun to, to keep a, a pulse on, but I just feel like any day, just out of nowhere, kind of like the Texas and Oklahoma announcement, 
out of nowhere, kind of like the USC and UCLA announcement, which that one floored me 10 times what Texas and Oklahoma did. I just get the feeling that it's not going to be that long that we're going to have some announcement from Colorado's athletics department or from Arizona's athletics department, probably a tweet that's just going to say, we're joining the Big 12. And that's going to be the beginning for the Pac-12's crumble, if you will. Um, and I don't know that, you know, if, if the Big 12 grabbing Colorado and Arizona, those two schools alone would completely destroy the Pac-12 because I think they could survive by adding some Mountain West schools if Oregon and Washington stay. But it sounds like the, uh, the, the, the Big 12 would benefit from adding Colorado and Arizona uh, because of Colorado's proximity, because of Arizona's time zone, as you noted, and their um, notoriety when it comes to basketball. And then it, it, Arizona State and Utah after that don't really move the needle any more than Colorado and Arizona would. So the Big 12 really doesn't have to add all four if moving the needle is their sole purpose. But adding Oregon and Washington would be absolutely huge and would definitely move the needle. So I think it's going to be sooner rather than later that it's going to unfold at least with two of the four teams, two of the six teams, I should say, that we've been talking about for the last week. It's going to be weird to monitor because we're going to have to keep our eyes on it, but I'm with you. I think that eventually we're going to kind of stop paying attention because nothing will happen, and then all of the sudden yeah. there's going to be a huge news break. I'm completely with you. It's going to happen when nobody suspects it, when everything starts to calm down, and then all of a sudden we're going to get – floored with some huge development so i'm excited for it i hope that uh, that's something that does come uh rather soon because i i think if you can get it done before august and before camps start there's much more potential there um for big big waves to be made because you have to get it done before these negotiations for the pac-12 really heat up because they got cleared by all the pac-12 powers that be to start negotiating their next media rights deal. And if a school gets locked into that, it will cost them much more to get out of it. So the Big 12 would have to strike before that deal gets solidified. Very well said. So that's the latest. Big 12 and Pac-12 were not will not be merging to create this giant 22-team super conference. It's not going to happen. The Big 12 said no thanks. Coming up next, Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Cats on In the Zone. Zone here on Sports Radio 1150 KSAL, 106.7 FM as well, as we are live from Jerry World, AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, for Big 12 Football Media Days, and we are joined now by the voice of the Wildcats, Mr. Wyatt Thompson, and Wyatt, crazy day, so much going on, so much information, and yet you and I, I know, both love this stuff to, to death just because finally means football's right around the corner. Well, it's well said because for us, it is the start of the 2022 football season, and we're always excited to get going. I think the expectation level for not only Kansas State, but this league is pretty high right now. I think there's a lot of excitement, too, because you don't necessarily have a clear-cut one or two teams where you say, boy, you got to go beat this team. Yeah. You got to beat that team. I think everybody has a lot of positives. A lot of us have a question mark or two. 
and let's let this puppy play out and see what happens. It should be a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I feel like if, if you didn't think it was fun enough, you already add in the football and everything like that, but you add in a new commissioner, you add in all this realignment talk, everything. So it kind of adds a whole nother level of excitement and just curiosity into an event like this that already draws so many eyeballs. But to you, I just, I'm curious your impressions of Brett Yormark and his introductory press conference this morning and, and just kind of how you feel like that will fit the, the current state of the Big 12. Well, let me go even a little bit farther back than that because Stan and I had an opportunity to meet him early this morning. Right after I saw you, uh, we, we ran into him by, by accident, actually. <laughs> But he was gracious enough to spend three or four minutes with us, and we welcomed him to the league and, and told him congratulations and had an opportunity to ask him three or four questions, and he asked about us and what we do and you know where we do it and all those kind of things. He's an impressive guy. I think he has a wide range of what he has done in his, his career. I think he certainly brings some strengths to the Big 12 Conference. But I'll also say this. The one thing that he said that I really appreciated was, and I, I don't think it's just, you know, the speak of it, and that is is that it's a good deal that he has Bob Bowlesby to lean on here mm -hmm. for a little while because I think Commissioner Bowlesby has done a really nice job, and, and some would argue, I suppose, with that, but I think he's done a good job running the league over the last decade with tons of change in college athletics, and I don't know that he gets uh, a credit for as, as much as he should, but I, I'm impressed with uh, Brad, I think he'll do a really good job, and he's he's got a lot in front of him in a very short period of time. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it doesn't get any any crazier than <laughs> UCLA and USC running off to the Big Ten the yep. day after you get introduced for your new gig. But uh, I, I'm sure with with Bob Bowlesby at his shoulder, at least until August 1st, I guess it'll certainly help to kind of figure this course out for now. But I, I was very impressed with just kind of his demeanor and. His, his mindset that the Big 12 is open for business, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to add or subtract. It just meant that they were open to any and all suggestions, any movements outside of even realignment. He said just they were open to anything, and I really kind of appreciated that. I, I did too. I think that's well said, Jackson. I think you have to go into this, whether you're talking about the hiring of, of Mr. Yormack or whether you're talking about his job moving forward, I think you have to have an open mind because let's let's just cut to the chase here. The landscape of college athletics is changing and almost by the minute. Mm -hmm. And I think with all of the things on the table, with the potential for realignment on top of what has happened so far, in addition to that, name, image, likeness, transfer portal, uh, the strength or lack thereof of the NCAA. I mean, there are a ton of things on the table there's no question uh, about that what i like is is that he has has had his hand in several different things mm -hmm. he, he talked a long time during his presser today about the fact that he's always kind of liked the the college model said he even thought about being an athletic director at one point but he's, he's had his hand in the in the barclays center and in, in the nba and <laughs> Rock Nation and, and NASCAR. That's a lot. It and is. I, I think he's going to be a guy who understands marketing and understands selling the brand and all of those kind of things. And right now, in 2022, I think that's hugely important for the Big 12. I really do as well. Now, 
for K-State, I, I mean, there's so many different storylines that you could focus on this year. I mean, a great season last year with a win in a bowl game over a, a program like LSU, but then you lose Skylar Thompson, and, and that was a huge story. But then you turn right around and you get a transfer in Adrian Martinez who brings not only a ton of ability but a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. And then you have all these high-profile players really on both sides of the ball with Deuce Vaughn and Felix Nudk Uzama, just to name a couple. Yeah. But there are so many storylines for K-State as we kick off the season here. How do you narrow into one? I mean, what? how do how do you want to talk here? There's so many different things we could discuss. It's a fantastic question. And just giving it a few seconds of thought, I think what I would say is I'll go two-pronged on you here. One, I think it's year four of Coach Kleiman. And I think we have seen a couple of really good seasons, a couple of seasons that were marred a little bit by by COVID, Mm -hmm. but we have seen growth in the program, in particular in the player development and recruiting part of that, which I think is huge. And then secondarily, you touched on Adrian Martinez. I would say Adrian Martinez slash Colin Klein would be B Mm -hmm. (laughs) or number two. I, I think Colin Klein is a very, very bright young football coach who has an incredible possible um, career ahead of him here. Um, He's so good, and he's been through so much, and he's still in his early to (laughs) (laughs) mid-30s. And and with Martinez, I got done doing an interview a little while ago, and I said, think about Adrian and what he – could potentially bring is he going to be the adrian martinez at nebraska i think the answer simply stated is no Uh, and because of several factors and that's no knock on the huskers in any way shape or form he played a lot of football up there had made his share of mistakes but he also did a lot of good things look at his numbers probably a little bit too much turnover prone but he can run he can throw You've been around him a little bit here. Mm-hmm. He, he's a really, really nice young man who's very centered. Uh, I think has great respect for Kleiman and Colin Klein. I think you see th- how he has fit into the culture that is K-State football. And so I think the good there outweighs the down, if you will. Mm-hmm. And now let's let him uh, loose and, and see what happens. And, and I think He's healthy enough to do that now, and you hope, knock on wood, you can get him through the preseason camp, and, and, and let's, let's, let's go for 2022. Now, one thing that I had asked him when I spoke with him earlier today, Adrian, is, is you know, with that injury, he came in, you know, not able to really throw the football, but he had said that that kind of provided an opportunity to step back and focus on the other things. Sure. like integrating himself with the rest of the team and making sure they knew he was buying in and he wanted to be a leader and then also allowing more time to to watch film and learn things from that aspect but I mean he's your quarterback you need him to throw the football so now I'm curious how all that time away from throwing the ball can help develop him into the quarterback that I think K-State thinks he's really capable of being. You covered a lot there and what I would say is even though he only threw the last two practices of the spring, he was pretty much doing some seven-on-seven stuff and had a really good feel. Mm -hmm. I think the real key to this thing was from the very first meeting between he and Colin Klein, there was a connection. 
I, I don't know how to explain it, but both have talked about it. I'm sure that you've talked to both guys about it, but they kind of just hit it off. And I think there is a trust there. Um, sometimes, let's, let's be honest, it's like a, a baseball player or a football player uh, at the NFL level. Sometimes a change of scenery isn't necessarily the worst thing. Sometimes it can be a benefit. Mm-hmm. You hope that that is the case for Adrian. I go back to the, all of those good quality things, and I think he understands that this program holds you accountable. They want you to do things the right way uh, in every way, on and off the field, all of those kind of things. He's going to be all in on that. I, I just believe he will be. Now it comes down to performing each and every Saturday and the, the fact that he's been through the spring even on a limited basis. And believe me when I tell you, the last two practices when he was allowed to do things, he wowed me a little bit. I'm not going to kid you there. He, he, he's legit. Uh, he, he can do a lot of things. Heck of a run threat when you think about, let's, let's look at it like this, hut, hut, and we run option to the short side left. And you're either going to have to tackle Adrian Martinez or Deuce Vaughn. Which one are you going to take? You see that's, what I'm that's saying? That's a tough duo right there. there. I, mean, I like I, that. And, again, I, I think this offense with Colin is going to show you a lot of looks. They're going to play at different paces. They'll play faster most of the time or some of the time. Uh, so I, I think fans listening to this probably have gotten the point here that the the look of this team offensively is going to be worth watching in 2022. How's that? That's, I think that sounds pretty good to me. I'm excited for that. Now, I'm also excited for this defense, yeah. and we touched on it briefly earlier with, with Felix Enyudike Uzama, the preseason conference defensive player of the year. That's a pretty good place to start. Sure. Then you add in e- Eli Huggins and Daniel Green, and Khalid Duke is back. I mean, there are a lot of things to be excited about as well on the defensive side of the ball, but the question that Coach has focused on is the safety position. Now, my question for you, Wyatt, is how does – K-State using all those other players we mentioned that are our highlights kind of take attention away from safety. How can that help them from maybe their weak point defensively? Terrific question. And let's, let's kind of start from the front to the back on trying to answer that. I think when you start up front and you think about the young people that will play there, experience matters, as we talked about before with Adrian Martinez and others. But Eli Huggins has played a ton of football, and he may be one of the three or four most underrated players in our league at any position. I don't think I'm overstating that. Jalen Pickle is back. He's developed into a really, really fine football player. You mentioned Felix. Nate Matlack, the coaches are raving about him. Khalid, you mentioned him, and there are others. And then they, they have a junior college linebacker who they really like. Will Honus, another Nebraska transfer. The linebacking core should be better. I think Sean Robinson could potentially play that role that Reggie Stubblefield played a year ago. There are others. I don't want to leave anybody out, but, you know, that Sam slash Nickelback type Mm -hmm. position. The one thing, too, that as we continue to sift towards the back of the defense that I I think needs to be talked about here, it helps the safeties that K-State has both of their corners and they're both very, very good back. And and that's the case here Mm -hmm. with Julius Brents and Echo Boydo. Um, that, to me, is significant. Now, let's talk about safety personnel. One thing that I do know, Sincere Mason was playing pretty good football when he got dinged up last year. He will be back and be healthy. He can, he can help. Uh, I, there are other guys that will come into the program. Uh, 
that were either here in the spring or come in this summer that I think you will see, or at least I hope you will see, what you saw last year with those plug-and-play guys, as I call them, and they were like of Rush East. Rush East comes in here from Louisville, boom, first-team all-conference guy. Yep. I don't know if you can expect that, but I think Josh Hayes is a really good football player. I think Kobe Savage is a really good football player. Uh, they, have, they have another transfer from A&M. The, the Cheatham kid, I think, could could be one of those guys. So there are pieces. You heard Coach Kleiman say today, we've got to coach those guys up when we get to fall camp. But I think there, in whole, there are a lot of quality segments to this defense. And, again, another year under Coach Klanderman's tutelage um, and, and all of those defensive coaches, uh, I, I, I think uh, – I think it would be fair to say that the defense will take a step forward. And the other thing that I should mention here, and Kleiman mentioned it during his presser, you know, when they went to that 3-3-5 last year, he, he said, you know, we, we were tested at times, weren't sure if this is what we wanted to do, and we were probably a little bit more vanilla. They won't be vanilla anymore. They're, they're going to add more to that because the guys love it and they know what they're doing out there now, and it makes you – play a little faster when you can run and, and play full speed, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we've talked offense, we've talked defense. Now let's talk a little bit about expectations here because I think that in Manhattan and at least in the Veneer football complex, there are some pretty high expectations for this K-State team this year with, with everything that we've discussed kind of culminating in, in what could be a really good football team. But all that said, K-State still finds themselves at fifth in the conference preseason poll. And I, I asked a few of the guys earlier if that provided a bit of a chip on the shoulder and they weren't going to come out straight and say that it sure. you know, angered them. But I think you could tell that put a little bit of something on that shoulder. But do you expect that to kind of light that fire that K-State needs going into this season? I think there's certainly potential for that. You know, there, there's I think everybody, and when I say everybody, the players that you probably talked to, let's take those as an example. They're all, I mean, if you talk to all four guys that are here, you may have gotten a different answer or maybe the same answer from all four. I don't know that. But my, my, you get my point, though. Different guys are going to look at that in different ways. Many of them certainly would be you know, motivated by it. Here's what I would, would say, though. When you look at the strength of this league, we'll go back to what we were talking about in the beginning. This is an interesting season because there isn't really a clear – cut choice and I think you could go down to two three four five six maybe even seven and make an argument that this team is as good as this team or maybe a little better than that one I mean what are you expecting out of Oklahoma what are you expecting out of OSU what about Baylor you know Texas Tech has a new coach those types of things the league is chock full of really good talent they lost some really good talent West Virginia, I think, is a really good example. Did you hear Neil Brown say they have had 33 new players into their program since January? That's so crazy. It is, every year is different, and it's probably never been more prevalent than now because of the change with, with the transfer portal for all of these mm -hmm. teams. I mean, look at Oklahoma. They lost a ton of guys, ton, but they still have Brent Venables, Jeff Lebby, Dylan Gabriel, <laughs> I won't even keep going. You get the yep. point. And Oklahoma State's got Spencer Sanders and Presley. And, you know, what will Iowa State be? Is there a chance they could be better than they were last year? 
I would make the argument that maybe it's not a mm-hmm. lock, but maybe. So I don't know that being picked fifth, back to your original thought, is all that bad under these circumstances. Do I expect them to finish fifth? No, I think they'll be better than that. But it's okay. Let's let this puppy play out. (laughs) Absolutely. Again, we're joined by Wyatt Thompson, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, here on In the Zone. And, Wyatt, before we let you go, I got three questions for you. Call them three and out. Okay. And with us being at Jerry World and for the Big 12 Football Media Days, it kind of marks for you and I the the start of the football calendar, even though we still have some time before it gets really crazy, especially for you by the time crossover comes. Sure. But uh, how do you relax? How have you relaxed over maybe your your more easy time over the summer here? What's what is it that you like to do to relax? Well, the first of all, the next couple of weeks will be a little bit slower for me. Not totally slow and down to nothing, but a little slower. And then it kind of really ramps up. Come the 1st of August, late July 1st of August, the young football players report, then it gets pretty crazy. But go back a couple of weeks, Karen and I and a couple of other couples went on a baseball trip to Milwaukee. And, and don't ask me why Milwaukee, but we, <laughs> we went through Chicago to get to Milwaukee is part of the reason why. And we saw a couple of games there on a Wednesday night and a Thursday afternoon. Great ballpark, very fan-friendly. Had a ball doing that. Eight, two great places in Chicago. Uh, one really cool German place in Milwaukee. So that was a pretty good, that was a pretty good week, Monday through Friday. <laughs> All right. That's a good way to unwind. Yeah, I yeah. have never been to Chicago as an adult, unless you count the airports. That's on my well, list. I got to get count there. the airport. <laughs> Not Second. in Chicago anyway. <laughs> My second question yeah. is about reading, because I have recently cracked open a book uh, by Bob Davis, who you know very well from his sure. time at Kansas, and it's yeah. just kind of his, his memories and special stories from when he was at, at KU and calling games there. But I'm curious if you have a book that you really enjoy or maybe one you've recently read that's stuck out for you. Well, I could take the easy way out and say the same book, because I have that book and I have read almost all of it. Uh, and I can't tell you what Bob has meant to me over the course of time as not only a mentor but a friend. Uh, so that one is a good one. Um, I, I'd hate to start categorizing all of them, but, but I, I, I'll pick that one just for now just because we're talking about Bob and I love to do that. I miss him in the league. Brian's a great guy and he does a great job, but you know, BD is a one-of-a-kind <laughs> guy. I think he's one of the best storytellers in broadcasting that I've ever known. And just a guy who so appreciated every opportunity he got. Nobody, he had opportunities, but nobody gave him anything. He, he worked for everything he got, whether it was 16 years in Hayes to get to Lawrence and then to Kansas City and the Jayhawks and the Royals or whatever it might be. He, he's a one-of-a-kind guy. Absolutely. Now, last question before I let you go. We're in Texas, and everybody's crazy about Whataburger here. Are you a Whataburger guy, or is there another place that maybe catches your fancy now that we're in Texas of all places? Well, I thought you were going to ask if there's a better burger. Is there? That's, that's, well, it's very open-ended. You see, can take that however you'd like. Here's, the, here's what I say to that. I, I think it's, generally speaking, um, most of the argument – with us media types comes down to are you all in on Whataburger or are you all in on um, the one in California? The, uh, what's what's the name of the place? In-N-Out. In-N-Out. Yeah. Wh- wh- which one are you? Do, are you See, one more Whataburger? 
So I, I th like them both, so it's not like I dislike any. Right. But I, I just think that the quality, when I've eaten, I yeah. lean in and out. But I still do very much appreciate Whataburger, and I've already had it once down here. Right. And I may get it again, yeah. just because you have to. So uh, I'm well, kind of indifferent, but I may lean slightly towards in and out uh, Well, I'm with you again there. I, I hate to just be so <laughs> blah here, but I don't think there's a lot of difference. But if I'm being perfectly honest, and I'm, I've tried to be honest with everybody, it's slight, but, but I say in and out over Whataburger. But better. I'm not trying to fire up the great people here in the great state of Texas. But here <laughs> we, we go. We've stirred up plenty of that debate all day long. <laughs> I've asked everybody that sat in this seat that's the very same question, yeah. and I have gotten an answer on every end of the spectrum, sure. including – Daniel Green, who chose neither, he chose Shake Shack, which is more really? close to his home in Portland. So he okay. was—he said he's indifferent about the two, but he leans Shake Shack regardless. I had so. not heard of Shake Shack. I'll have to ask <laughs> him about that. Absolutely, a yeah. terrific football player, by the way. Very I'm much. Glad he got very to make good. It down here. Yeah, very yeah. good person. Great interview and. Yeah. Even better on the you field. You talked to Deuce too. a little bit. Yes, I, I. Unfortunately, I was a little limited in the time with time. Deuce because yeah. he's, you know, high high demand, as you might imagine. You're not the only guy I wanted to talk to today, are you? <laughs> I am not. <laughs> but a uh, good group of guys yeah. here, and and I will say also great media staff to work with. Kenny yeah, Lanou and Ryan Lackey, yeah. huge helps to to get those guys over here. So very very thankful for them as well. Those two guys are pros. I, I give them a lot of guff, but they're both great guys and, and really good at what they do at K-State. Absolutely, and as are you. And again, Wyatt, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you taking the time to, to join us, not today, but not just today, but always on the phone and everything as well. So look forward to football chats with you. and, and Always uh, enjoy it. A lot of fun in the future. Thank you very much. Looking forward to our weekly visits when we get to the season. Yes, sir. Thank you, partner. Wyatt Thompson, the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats here on In the Zone on 1150 KSAL, 106.7 FM.